first. All right, what's going on, Ken folks? Welcome back, welcome back. Key to the City Podcast, episode 11, season two, man. Can you believe it? Your boy been out here working, man. And uh, I appreciate everybody that's continuing to support your boy, man. And uh, everybody liking, sharing, uh, commenting, whatever you're doing. I sure know, appreciate it. You had to do it, but you did. And we're going to keep rolling right along. I appreciate my last uh, episode's guest, episode 10. We had um, Savvy in this thing. My guy, Savvy, he has a amazing project out right now entitled Book of Savvy, Chapter 3. I need y'all to cop that ASAP. And uh, just like with Savvy, I'm going to keep hitting your head with quality content, quality guests. And today is no different. Y'all hear that Badu playing back there? <laughs> I'm doing that for a reason. I'm setting the mold in this thing because I got a true queen in here. I've been excited about this interview. Uh, I mean, what can I say about her? She is really the queen of all trades. I mean, I, I when I reached out to her, I told her, I don't really know your official title because you do every damn thing. She's an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Knox Solo Entertainment. Uh, I know she books tours. She raps. Uh, uh, she cooks. She clean. She'll get on your ass. She stand up for the public. She outspoken. And she a whole vibe, man. Real talk. Real talk. I first met her at, um, I think it was Dollars. Was it his birthday party or tour party going away? It was it was a tour. The, the For the tour. tour party. And uh, I enjoyed that. Got to meet some amazing people, man. And we're gonna find out more about her today. Find out a little more about her company, what what all she does, and uh why she's so quick to get on people ass. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Kim Folk, welcome to the city. The Queen, Seeker, what's going on, baby? Thank you for having me, King. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining, man. Huh? I said happy to be here. Hey, I'm ecstatic, man, that you are here. How your day been? It's a lovely day. We made it through another one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hey, no complaints. You look like you in your element for real, man. Just vibing. Uh, I, mean, I made sure that I got right before I, you know, I came up on here. So yeah, for sure. I'm yeah, like, uh, I see the eyes. You got the light skin eyes going on right now. They kind of tight. <laughs> but uh, for my audience and for myself, man, just give me a little background on you. Uh, let me know where you're originally from uh, and what you're about briefly, because I got some questions. You don't have to go into much detail, but just give us a little background, baby. Okay, well, I'm raised in the Delta, Clarksdale, Mississippi, to be exact. That's my hometown. Clark Vegas? Yes, and I moved <laughs> here to Jackson in 2006 when I enrolled into Tougaloo College. That's my alma mater. So I was raised in the Delta, but Jackson made Raised okay. and made here, for sure. Already. And uh, to my kid folks out there that's watching, man, y'all feel free to comment. When you comment... I place your comment on the screen, depending on what it is. Don't be talking crazy. We got a queen in the building. So before we dig in, like, how would you describe yourself? What is your official title? What do you consider yourself? I would honestly consider the title to be a thespian, which is mm. a person of all different types of fields. Um, but mm -hmm. overall, I'm in the music industry to just put a tag on it. 
but I do a lot of different things within the music industry on stage and behind the scenes. So with my affiliation with the music industry currently now, I'm a music and entertainment entertainment director for Black No Chaser, as well as the Black Lunch Break, which is a talk show. So now I'm currently getting into my producing bag so I can get some new credits and new things up under my belt. Thanks. And speaking of Black with No Chase, I love that platform. Uh, how long has that been? How long has that been up and running? It's been running two and a half years, but honestly, it kind of started over five years ago from a hashtag called "If They Gun Me Down" that CNN picked mm. up from our founder CJ, and that hashtag kind of grew and it became um, a lot of lectures and a lot of colleges, and it also became um, a part of. A, plenty of um, museums for black history. So mm -hmm. um, that hashtag end up birthing into the black with no chaser. Gotcha. I admire what y'all doing, man. Y'all always have uh, quality and informative content. Shout out to CJ and everybody with uh, black with no chaser. Uh, you also the founder of Noxolo Entertainment. Tell me yes. a little more about that. How long um, you been operating? Noxolo ENT is really the brainchild um, of Dollar Black and I. And although it is my last name and it is my company, um, I just want to met, let that be known that me and him, we built this together. It was an idea that we've been working on for years. And after he basically let me know that he was ready to just go on and push forward and let me take him as far as I could and trusted mm -hmm. me, you know, um, it came to about came about because of him actually and wanting to see him win because we knew that we had the resources and as far as building a company, it just made sense and starting with him also made sense. not not the, not to say that he's my guinea pig or anything of that nature because we definitely know what we're doing. Um right. but it made sense to create a company so that we could be able to assist other people as well as assist ourselves. All right. And shout out to black man. Hold your head, pimp. We love you out here. Uh, and you see, she rapping black dollar entertainment music group. You see that you see it right there. Get it in blood. How, uh, staying on dollar. How long have y'all been knowing each other? When y'all oh. up? I've probably known him going on 13 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's Yeah, it's, it's going on 13 years. We literally, I began um, my first recording experience right in his bedroom in the closet. He made mm. his closet into the studio room and we've been together doing the music thing since. And uh, he got a hot uh, visual with Mississippi Votes. Y'all need to check that out. Spreading awareness about voting. Yep. And uh share that too. That's an important message that's up in that video and plenty of facts that a lot of people were shocked to find out. So it's a very important educational moment that people should definitely check out and definitely share, especially with the youth. Facts. Now partnering with um BDE, I know y'all did the tour. Um that was that was late last year or earlier this year? It was this year. Um, the Rebirth Tour 2020. Um, that right. was both of our first tour. That tour is our baby. Um, we had ten, 10, yes. Um, we had 10, 10 shows scheduled for that. 
um, we had an extra show that got put in there. So we ended up hitting six spots to be exact. And we got stopped because of COVID. But yes, mm -hmm. that was literally our first for both of us. His first tour for him and my first tour actually booking. And the ease that came with booking it came with, it was pure amazement. Like we we truly saw that the work that we've been doing in these 10 years has paid off because it was not hard to put it together at all. Well, see, that hurts my feelings with you saying it's not, it wasn't hard to put it together at all. Cause I was hugely impressed and I was like, I need to reach out to her and find out how she did this shit. Like, but see, it wasn't hard because of the 10 years that I've already put in the game and all the people mm. that I've already gotten connected with. Mm. As far as my integrity is in the game, hitting certain people up and getting certain people's phone number and not having to deal with middleman, it was a piece of cake for me. Can you briefly describe what goes into booking a tour? Is it just a matter of, I know you got your, your contacts and your network, but is it just a matter of uh, reaching out to a venue? It's really, it's, it's a matter of knowing exactly who you need to be talking to to the venue. Because um, it's really tricky sometimes if you're really just kind of hitting it the generic way, which is just, you know, hitting that booking inquiry and just sitting in that generic email it's kind of overlooked um you're kind of more respected when you know the right people and know the right names to be able to call and to be able to say who gave you this contact and it's 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 a tricky game um mm -hmm. especially especially working out the logistics when it comes down to money or when it comes down to ticket sales or you know even bringing down your own merch into someone else's um establishment all right. of it is really tricky but the the key to it all with me and dollar um both of us have always had contracts in place already so we kind of already let these people know what we are expecting and so we kind of approach ourselves and deliver ourselves in an already respectful way that they kind of just already know that it's about the business. So they kind of are with it because they see that we are handling it and have been handling it well. I applaud y'all. And when it comes to that business, boy, if ain't nobody got their business together, Dollar is somebody that got their business together. He do not, not play. Gonna <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, Don't even wait. We right. got a plan B, C, and D. Trust me. <laughs> Own it, boy. See it. Don't be surprised if I hire you for something. I, I might want to go on a podcast tour. I'm with it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's talk about uh one thing I like about you, man, because I kind of relate, is that you speak your mind. Um long as I've known you and seen you on social media, you rarely hold your tongue. And uh before I ask why are you so passionate especially as it relates to our community. Uh, I want to know uh, what came of the situation with Saltine's restaurant. Um, as far as the truth of the matter, um, I believe that a status was exaggerated. Um, and in the climate of today's time, it should not have been. I do agree that liquor was into play with when that status was exaggerated and it caused a lot of unnecessariness 
amongst the entire community. And unfortunately, um, it even caused some unfortunate stances for the person that made the status. So it was just a bad thing all across the board um, and not in her favor. But um, I believe that she she addressed it the best way that she could um, as far as accepting the responsibility. I can't say that I saw all of that in the status, but I can say that um, she made sure that she tried to give enough more clarity than what the initial status mm-hmm. um overall that was that was the main reason why i worded my status the way mm-hmm. that i did i saw that yeah um you know sometimes with certain situations i'm already ready to defend us no matter what but i also have to move carefully because of the fact that i'm with black with no chaser so i just can't just go rah-rah before knowing all of the information so thankfully i've learned how to work mm-hmm. to be able to say if i am wrong i will make sure that i correct whatever i may have said wrong um but in that situation i didn't necessarily do that i was just i was basically more concerned about if a black woman was put in a situation where she felt uncomfortable and unprotected so that was my main involvement in it and it came to fruition that it really wasn't what we thought it was. And uh, you brought a lot of fire behind that and not just that other topics, but like, why are you so passionate about our community? What drives you? What created that passion? I honestly got to give that probably to my parents. My parents, Mm -hmm. the way that they raised me, it's just always been in a sense of teaching me that ain't nobody got us but us. But on the flip side of it, with them teaching me that, they still put me in a field with all of these white people for like a shitload of years from kindergarten all the way to sixth grade. I was the only black. So Mm. having both of those experiences and literally knowing how white people are and then (laughs) getting placed back into the public schools and being back around the people I need I needed to be around with all along it kind of grew some type of fire in me and then going to Tougaloo just ignited it even more because all the activism that is a part of Tougaloo is kind of instilled in you when you go there so mm-hmm. those two my parents and Tougaloo the combination of those two just kind of automatically just made me like a fireball and I'm the I feel like I'm the same way, but I don't carry myself to the extent that you carry yourself. I just jump out there uh, and everything is not how I wanted it to be presented because I may come off emotional at some time because I just got out of Facebook jail. You know what I'm talking about? I, and, you, uh, <laughs> I, used, to like, I used I used to be hell. I can tell you that. So. I, I I laugh at the fact that you say like you know you get people getting people's ass, boy. If you if you saw me ten years ago, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> this girl, hell, hell, for real. So do, you know, it's 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 leveled down for sure. <laughs> do uh, you think people think you racist? I think some people think I'm racist. Um, I think I some of 
I think some of the the white people that follow me, I do think that they think I'm racist. And it's 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 and not that. And, and if they do, that just means that I'm doing my job because it's not my it's not my job to make you comfortable. Like you uncomfortable, bro. So if you just feel like I'm being racist, you know. <laughs> so be it. And that's a <laughs> spokesperson for our community. You know, it's been a lot of shit going on in the world, a lot of civil unrest. Uh, you got protests, uh, you got riots, uh, which is not really our people doing all that destruction. I want to get that out there. But uh, people are pissed off. We upset. Um, you still have Breonna Taylor, who uh, killers have not been charged. Uh, you got the situation with. Uh, I, forgive me if I'm saying the brother's name. Was it Ray Shard? Um, that's that's Ray Brooks. Rashad Brooks. Then you have uh, my man George. It's just back to back to back. It's Where a your head at right now? Where your head at with everything? Like, what's your thoughts? Are you ready to go to war or? I'm 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 definitely ready to go to war. I can't lie about that. Like, I'm in the point. I'm at the stage where I wish a bitch would. I wish. A, <laughs> I wish a Karen would. Like. I can honestly say I am on the edge. Like I'm waiting. I'm waiting on a white person to try me. Cause oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. And I'm not praying for me to behave in a silver manner. Like mm. I'm praying that I get whatever anger out that I can, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um and if I have to go to jail, you know, black with no chaser, they got me. So does my wife. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but that's the state that I'm in right now. Like I, it's, it's tough, funny that man. you ask, "Am I racist?" It's funny that you ask that right now. I'm not killing white people. I just, I can't. <laughs> I can't right now. I understand, man. Do you feel like even the even the white person that gets it? They understand everything. They with the movement. They out there marching with us, protesting. Does a little piece of you even think that even within them, there's still a small piece of prejudice or racism? Or you I think- feel like, I, to be clear, I, I am thankful for the allies, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just not comfortable to even get to the point where I want to see if there's any prejudice in them or not. I just I just don't even want to go there. That's just mm-hmm. that's just where I am. I'm just not in the mood to try to figure figure anything out. But if you are, you know, on the sideline with us and you're helping us, that's cool, but I don't have time for anybody but us to be to be honest. Mm. I just don't have time for it. Facts. And to add on to that, though, um, well, this is just about us, our community. Uh, do you agree that sometimes we can be our own worst enemy? Absolutely. Absolutely. How can we come together? How can we get on the same accord? I know that's in a perfect world, but for the most part, how can we get on the same accord? We got to get on the same accord by wanting to read because <laughs> us sitting back and forth talking to each other, we keep we keep on feeling like 
someone is talking against or talking down to someone when someone knows the, the educated version of why, say for instance, topics like black on black crime does not exist. I've been mm -hmm. watching people talk about this on social media for weeks and I've been watching them argue with each other. When someone is telling you that it's in a book and it's facts and you're choosing not to go and read some facts and you're rather argue with this person about why you still think that it exists when a book says that it doesn't, that's being, that's a classic example of you being your own worst enemy because you're refusing to see the truth. You're refusing to educate yourself because of the fact that you don't want to let go of your ego and you don't want to be wrong. And that's not helping us. That does not help us at mm -hmm. all. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Do you think um, that voting is still the major key to change things in this country? Because a lot of people are getting fed up with the process. They feel like the last election was stolen. It's like... I think every election is stolen. I'm, I'm going to be real on that. As far as elections are concerned, I feel like the only ones that have the possibility of being important is the local elections. I think those are the only ones that are of importance. Um, I'm not... I, I don't I do not believe that this presidential shit and how they create all these new rules every year and take out rules and amend this and that that shit how that shit goes it it does not make it seem like voting matters and they have done a horrible a horrible job at making it seem like it does even all the way down to the fact of certain states not letting felons know that they could vote like shit like that right, does, right. does not it they they've done a horrible job for me to sit here and say yeah it works they have to do their part for me to say i can say that it works mm -hmm. yeah man i'm on the i mean don't get me wrong i still vote uh but like you said uh your local elections are way more important that's what's going to affect you directly for the uh, most part. Um, and I'm not with this whole party bullshit. I don't care about no Republican, Democrat, none of that. Like I, when I begin into some of these arguments on Facebook, people be calling me libtards and liberals and all that shit. Man, get the fuck out of here with that. I don't care about none of that. To me, it's about, about right and wrong. We care about us. Fuck that. Right. Facts. So, you know, when the, and I, I've gone, I've been, traveled to different states, live in different places. And you know, in your biggest cities, you might have a section on different side of town. You got Little Italy, you got Chinatown, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> even got Little Mexico, especially uh, out here in Houston. Have you? And those people have their own central economies right there. That's why a lot of people talk about the Asians like they don't. You never hear them bitching about voting or anything like that. So it's like those people had their own central economies there. And I almost feel like we're the only culture that don't have our own. When you're in our neighborhood, it's everybody else shit. You got your Chinese restaurants right there. You got your Mexican restaurants right there. You got your black restaurants struggling to be there. Then you got Lickerstow's Church, Lickerstow's Church. And we don't own none of them. <laughs> so it's like, I think we have to create like a black economy what what say you that's exactly what we have to do shit that's what i'm gearing myself up to do because it's it's to the point 
it's to the point where we as black people also know too many big name and big money black people I'm to the point where I'm about to be talking to people and I'm like look you need to get out of here you need to go and secure this we need to save this block it's to that point that we have to literally go and snatch these blocks up we have to basically beat gentrification and mm. Black people are the only people that can save gentrification. I can't say that. I can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. Gentrification can only be eradicated by Black people. And having all these other cultures in our neighborhood is a slap to our face. And we as a community have to get angry enough to realize how big of a slap it is to our face that we have to go and take our shit back. It's, it's 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 that time now. It's the time for us to take our shit back. All this uprising and shit that's going on, this shit was already written. It was all, I've been telling my wife all year. Every time when I wake up and she's telling me about this, 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 and that that happened, I'm never surprised. I didn't read about all of this shit. I right. know all of this shit is going to happen. And it's time, it's our time for us to take what belongs to us. Do you feel like um, the country is trying to appease us by tearing down statues, changing the flag? Let's talk about changing the flag. Uh, I mean, I'm with it. I don't want uh, to see those losers fly that flag, but it's like, right. I don't, you definitely can't eradicate racism by changing the flag. You can't change people's heart. I mean, maybe you can have a conversation with them. They have a change of mind, but I think it's a, a thing that's in the heart that you just can't get rid of. But what do you think about people that uh, the country that's changing team names and tearing down statues and you, you know, think trying to push us through? <laughs> you ain't with it. I'm reading these headlines. Ain't your mama. Like, <laughs> The Redskins this week talking about we have decided to change our names. Like, you know what? Fuck y'all. That's really <laughs> because y'all act like a news article just came out at midnight and this is some breaking news that this shit was racist. Like, get the fuck out of here. All of that is bullshit. It's pacifying bullshit. When we were to, um, attending um, mm -hmm the protest with D. Horton in Jackson for uh, Ricky Bell, they were actually practicing that particular law on the crowd. Like it's, it's, it's an actual procedure and the nation is literally practicing this procedure on the nation right now. So it's like, okay, let's, let's calm them down. Let's calm them down. Let's do this. Let's say this. They're going to calm down. As long as we get them calmed down, we can keep on moving the way that we're moving right now. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they are doing with, with the taking down of the flag. And yes, I'm, I'm proud that they took it because shit, I was asking my wife, can I go burn that bitch? I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I can I, see your head doing it. Yeah, shit, I wanted to go down there and burn it my fucking self, let everybody know what I was going to do and meet me at the jail and come get me out. But mm. listen, like that shit that shit still don't mean shit. But I am happy. I'm very, very happy that there are plenty of generations that are coming behind us 
that we'll not have to walk past that flag because too many of our generations have had to. So I can, I am very thankful for that, but I'm tired right now as a black person for folks want us to be so thankful. Mm-hmm. I, it's no, like everything that's happening is still not enough. It's Thanks. still not enough. And even if they gave it their all, it still wouldn't be enough. You can never repay. And at the end of the day, if we still not satisfied, that is what it is. And we're not wrong for that. Before I get into my next question, what would, uh, if they could satisfy us, what would that look like? Would that be reparations? It would it be a combination of things. Like reparations would just be the just be the small part. Like as far as CEOs and the percentage of the CEOs in Fortune 500 companies, like the demographics, it, it got to be at the least equal. So if you got 500, 500 companies up there, 250 of them need to be owned by Blacks. Mm. There's a there's a movie out there. I, I done forgot the name already, but it's Forrest Whitaker and another guy. And it's it's about the KKK Museum in, in Carolina. And this guy owned the KKK Museum and through having so many dis- discussions with his lady and her being against racism, his heart was so penetrated that this man signed over the KKK Museum. To a black preacher and let that man do whatever he wanted to do with it. That's what the fuck they need to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. These white people that call themselves off and well to do for the rest of their life, you know what? You need to sign some shit over. If you want to be on our side, sign that shit over. Y'all don't need to be owning all of this shit. Y'all need to show that you do not want to be owners of a fucking. To systemic racism because mm-hmm. that's what it is and so in order for that to be broken down these people that are owners of these systemic racism businesses they gotta sign that shit over to say we done mm. and that's on top of reparation mm. it's, it's it's even it's it, it goes and we haven't even gotten into law enforcement and how how let's be honest particular ones and we're not gonna we're not gonna say all but particular ones of the law enforcement are actual terrorists and they are behaving like slaves so these slave patrols they gotta go Mm -hmm. it's so much stuff they gotta do and they not willing to put in that work like they got a lot of work to do for us to be like okay okay you get it you care and you want to change Right mm. now, all I really hear from them is, all right, y'all, just just don't get out of control. Just please don't get out of control. Do you think we'll see major time uh major change in our lifetime? Or probably my kids. Yeah. You think so? I do think we're gonna see it in our lifetime. I do. Um okay. I, I see it within the next twenty to twenty-five years. I honestly do. I think our minds are going to be blown because mm. of the generations that are coming behind us this generation next and generation x and whatever generation mm. z all of them them motherfuckers are crazy they really uh-huh. do not care Mm-mm. and that they are what we wanted to be but we were too scared to be disrespectful to our elders and we were too scared of you know cops and other white folks 
They don't give no. Because that's what we were taught. That's exactly what we were taught. Yeah. yeah. And because of the fact that they don't give a fuck, to be honest with you, they gonna shake some shit up. They gonna change. Mm-hmm. They fearless, man. Yes, and man. Uh, speaking of CEOs and owners, let's talk about your man Nick Cannon, man. Huh. Uh. So Nick Cannon was fired or had his partnership severed with uh, Viacom because they say he was spewing anti-Semitic views. And, uh, but I think what he was saying was facts. They were saying he was saying was pure facts and it was not hate speech, but he also kept saying in that, that he wasn't speaking in a hateful way either. So I am I'm flabbergasted that he apologized and I'm That's what I was going to ask you about. I'm pissed. I'm pissed <laughs> that he apologized. Because you can't use you can't use the book that Dr. Francis Chris Welding wrote. You can't use that and quote that and then turn around and apologize. He slapped her in her face with that. I'm sorry, but he did. Because she says in that book verbatimly, you do not apologize to your oppressors. You do not apologize for that. You don't apologize for what the fuck they are. What the fuck they've been that they take pride in being. So the Mm -hmm. fact that you have said this on the platform, it is what it is. That's what we needed him to do. We We needed him to say, you're upset. I get it. Rightfully so. No, no, not even the rightfully so part. All he had to say is, you upset, I get it, it is what it is, I don't give no fuck. <laughs> That's what he was supposed to say. And he was yeah. supposed to walk off. Mm. Now, I saw a comment that said, uh, after he apologized, I saw a comment that was like, uh, this is why celebrities cannot be leaders because the powers that be dangle their careers over their heads. Uh, do you agree with that? I was trying to think of some celebrities that were true. I, I don't agree with that because I'm sorry, but people got to give Master P his credit. Facts. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, no. You got you got Master P. You got Baby. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, a lot of these people do not need the industry. And if we gave the right ones that have paved the way from their for their own selves the entire time. If we gave them the credit that we've given people that are getting owned by these white people, if we gave our folks that credit, imagine how many of us will be following in their footsteps instead of following the traditional footsteps of let me go on this this white mm-hmm. route. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's it's we are we are choosy as black people with who we want to represent us when the facts are in the pudding. Master P represents us well. I don't care how he looks, how you feel about where he's from, whatever. He has fucking done it the black way mm-hmm. all the way through. All the way. But respect that. Mm-hmm. And shit, how him and his son quit that uh reality TV show. That's what Nick was supposed to do. He was supposed to be like, hey, y'all need me. Fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. Bye. And that's what he was supposed to do. And there is no apology. Right. 
and I've um, on a smaller scale, like even working in corporate America, like uh, I just wish we had more people that are unapologetic, such as myself, such as you, because I remember in corporate America where um, this white girl was trying to talk down to me like I was a peasant and I was a, uh, a manager of a bank. I didn't give a damn about no position, no status, no money. You are not about to talk to me like I'm an animal, man. Fire me, do whatever you're going to do. I'll bounce back. I've been there before. But I'm going to, only thing I'm going to take with me when I die is my integrity and my principles. And I ain't finna uh, compromise them for nobody. That's funny that you say that because when we were discussing the saltine incident, um, of course I had plenty of connects to call different people, but there was a particular person and, and no, don't nobody, well, to the watchers, none of you know who I'm talking about, so don't even try to get it. <laughs> but there was a particular person that I had, I had hit, and I was trying to get some type of information, and this person was so much more concerned about white folk over mm-hmm. us that I was so offended by the conversation that I was like, yo, I don't even want to fuck with you because <laughs> I don't like the fact that you feel the need to go against your own automatically without even knowing the facts and you already defending the other. Listen, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Listen, we got to defend ourselves first. Ask questions later. Mm. Some people just scared to death, man. They scared of their livelihood. They scared they're going to lose them $13 yeah. an hour. And, uh, you know, they just have never fully depended on themselves to provide for themselves. And I get it. We all have families. Oh, uh, kind of still on the Nick Nick Cannon thing. I know sometimes people misspeak and say things they don't mean. But when you're speaking on something like that and you're speaking facts, you stand by what you say and you stand firm in it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's what really be pissing me off. That's what I mean. Mm hmm. By him slapping her in her face with her book because you apologizing just defied everything that that book said. Mm-hmm. And said even verbatim in that book, do not apologize. It's that sentence is probably all through every chapter. Do not apologize. What's the name of that book? Um, the ISIS Papers. Okay, I'm on it. I S I S. And even for the enemy, the racist. I prefer you to speak up and tell me exactly how the fuck you feel. Come on, Don't now. apologize. Let me know who you are. Put that white only sign on your business so I don't touch yeah. your dog, sis. Yeah. You to come up in there. I uh-huh. appreciate that sign more than anything because if you're going to let me come up in your place and you're going to be disrespectful, you're probably going to get some hands. <laughs> and you do know that. So it's a lot going on in the world, man. But because of everything that's going on, let's talk about something that's taboo in our community. Uh, Mental health. Uh, How are you protecting your mental during these times? Me personally, uh, you know, I take my herbal medicine. I pray. I talk to my higher power. I try to meditate. 
I exercise. I try not to get involved in these comments on Facebook. It's tough. But uh, I do suffer from anxiety. I was diagnosed with depression a while back. But I feel like I'm in a better headspace now. I feel like I'm able to control my thoughts a little bit better. If you can't control this right here, man, it'll take you out of here. Man. How you protecting your mental? I'm literally doing everything that you just said. Of course, mm -hmm. my herbal throughout the day. Um, I talk to I talk to the most high damn near all through throughout the day as well. Right along mm -hmm. with my herbal, probably. Um, breathing exercises they they help a lot. Mm -hmm. like finding myself getting upset or whatnot. Um, taking that inhale and exhale, that shit actually is slept on very heavily. Um. Mm -hmm. And also, also just like literally changing my mindset as far as reading and what I'm digesting, I've been really paying attention to what am I, what am I listening to? What am I reading? And that, that has definitely like assisted me in making sure that my energy is right and making sure that, you know, I ain't on no fuck shit because that's like that's the goal every day is to not be on the fuck shit because it's so easy to be on that fuck shit. Mm -hmm. And you know another thing I do, I, I literally have trained my mind and gotten to the point to where I really live uh, 24 hours at a time. I focus on the day because man another reason I was suffering from anxiety because I'm always ahead in the future three years, five years down the line, but it's like, nigga, with all the shit that's going on now, you might not live to see tomorrow. You better take advantage it's of so every minute second you got now. It's so true, because like we are always living in the future, feeling like we're not doing enough because we trying to hurry up and get there, but yo, mm -hmm. right, there is so much beauty in what's happening right now, mm -hmm. and we really got to realize that the time that we're living in right now in COVID time 2020, we will we will never experience anything like this ever again. I know we won't. And right. it's it's a treasure in in a in a disaster, but it's very important for us to be able to find the silver lining in like, you know, these down times like this. Cause, and you got to live in the now because if you don't got to got to that's my main focus what happened huh i said no like if you don't live in now like oh you're gonna, lie, you're gonna be like what happened yeah facts that's true how has covid uh impacting your impacted your business speaking of covid i've never been this busy in my life i can't lie mm, so you got more on your plate now Absolutely. Like what? Between Black with No Chaser, between Noxolo ENT, BDE, and then just Sika. Sika is a brand in itself. So I'm getting ready to just do a lot of shit. And COVID has allowed me time. And that's something I've always complained about. I've complained about not having enough time to do this and mm. only having a certain amount of days a week to be able to tap in. Now I'm able to tap into everything damn near 20 hours a day. So mm. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm very thankful to be able to tap into all of these different things at one time because 
it's always been my dream to have multiple streams of income. I'm finally here to be able to produce that. That's what's up. And we proud of you. We support you. Key to the City Podcast. Podcast. We got the Queen Seeker in the building. Uh, damn good conversation, man. Uh, before I let you go, on a personal note, how can I build a team like Knock Solo and Black Chaser and BDE? I'm getting wore out with this shit. Man, the key, the key to building a team is literally picking people that are passionate in what they're already doing. And a lot mm. of people like a lot of people like choosing people that they want to do what they want to do. And that doesn't oh. always work out. With uh how I built Black with No Chaser ME team, I chose people that were already doing what they've been doing. I got Malcolm. Malcolm has been writing forever. And I was like, yo, can you join me? Can you assist me on the writing tip? He's like, yeah. I got and, and he's awesome at what he's been doing. So it's mm-hmm. really, it's really not a job to him. It's a hobby to him. And so boom, there go one piece. Then I got Kira. Kira has always been to the video and she's perfect with it. And it's just the perfect position. And that's just with everybody on the team. And that's the key. Choose people that, that are already in the field that love what they're doing to be on your team. If they, if you got to teach them, it's going to be a little bit difficult. And that's another job. Damn, you just slapped me in my face. So, because what I was doing is, well, yeah, kind of, it's like pulling teeth or forcing people or begging people. But you're saying take them where they are in their craft, their passion, and kind of like partner with them so they're still doing what they're doing for themselves, but also on my platform. Exactly. Each one teach one. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. I got that wrote down. So uh, last question, what's next for Knock Solo? What's next for Sika? Rest of the year going into 2021. Um, I have... I have four TV shows, well, web shows what? Out with uh, Black With No Chasers. So it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I got a lot of interviews going on um, with my series, Get Familiar. So a lot of producing and a lot of shows are coming for mm. 2020 and 2020. Well, Queen, we're so proud of you. We love you. The key to the city. We support you in everything you do. I'm going to keep supporting you, man. Uh, Although I know you're not going to do it, don't let nobody deter you from your path, your journey, and uh, just keep grinding, keep reaching new heights, and keep inspiring people like me. You dig? I dig, and I appreciate you inviting me, King. This is a wonderful conversation, and I appreciate this platform. Thank you so much. No doubt. How can people get in touch with you, link up with you? You can follow me on Instagram at underscore I am Sika, S-I-K-A underscore and the same name for Twitter. And on Facebook, it's Sika Noxolo, N-O-X-O-L-O. And I also have a website, and that is NoxoloENT.com. And there it is. Ken Folk, I appreciate everybody that tuned in today. If you didn't get to catch it live, it will be replaying throughout the week. Uh, thank you once again to my guest, Sika. I'm your Ken Folk, Yoni. Y'all tune in tomorrow. I'll be right back in this thing at 11 a.m., um, with um, that's that herb, man. <laughs> 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 Y'all 
<laughs> Y'all just tune in tomorrow to Lil' Mayo. Catch your boy. Peace and love. We out. All right, Queen. See you later, bro. Peace.